Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Amen. When you get there, say amen. We're halfway there. You have Song of Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. So, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. They shall be as wool. They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, again, the opportunity to be in your house today, Lord, and to stand behind this pulpit, Lord, and to preach your word. Lord, your word that has the power to save man's soul, change man's life. Lord, redirect man's steps. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. Lord, when it goes forward, Lord, it just keeps on going and doesn't come back, Lord. And, and it doesn't fall upon the deaf ears, but Lord, it, it penetrates, Lord, each and every one of us. Lord, help us today, Father, as we dive into your word this morning. Lord, be everything in it, that, 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 that we need you to be, Lord. Give us ears to hear. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 18, verse 1. Uh, over the past several weeks in, in Sunday school, as you guys are, are aware, and this is all uh, fresh on my mind because this is what we've been teaching on. So if I kind of bounce back and forth a little bit to, to Sunday school, it's because it, 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 it's a great example and, and I'm familiar with it. So, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna chase this, this, this route here. But uh, we've, been, we've been learning about the wanderings of the children of Israel, an entire generation of people that were never able to move forward because they kept looking to the past. They kept looking behind them, kept having one foot behind or, 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 or at an eye's glance something in their past that they kept holding on to that was keeping them from moving forward. Also, I'm, a, I'm reminded of, of Lot's wife. You know, you're the, the story of, uh, of Abraham's brother Lot who pitched his, cent, his tent, the Bible tells us, down towards Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, he, at first it was just he was pitching his tent towards Sodom and then he ended up in Sodom. And, uh, and, and, and how Abraham petitioned God when he was about to destroy that city that, that he would save them. And so God sent an angel down. They, the, 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 the numbers that were requested, there was no righteous. But God saved Lot and his family. And, 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 and so the angel went down, pulled out Lot and his wife and his, his, his children, set them on the outskirts the, of the city. And he says, now, 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 now move with purpose. Get out of here because what's about to happen is going to be bad. This city is about to be destroyed. And so as Lot and his wife and his children were, were, were making their way up, as the city was being destroyed, Lot's wife turned around and she looked back as if sad or remorse over what she was losing. And the Bible says that she was turned into a pillar of salt from that day forward. In other words, she was, that's where she stayed. You see, having one glance behind you, Always having something behind you that you keep going back to or reflecting back upon that you're just never able really to move forward. 
You know, the Christian life, as we said, as we've been learning in Sunday school, is a victorious life. Our vocation that Christ has called us into is to, is to, to, to allow His Spirit, to allow Him to live His life through us so that we can bring the gospel to somebody else. But it's hard to do that when we're looking behind. If I could throw a title to this this morning, Brother Nathan, sorry I didn't give you a title before, before here, but uh, if I could title this, When the Past Has You Bound. When the past has you bound. Lot's wife, her desire was not focused on what was in front of her, but rather what was behind her. So many people, uh, both saved and unsaved, still have a tendency to look back over their shoulders at the past. Uh, we can look at, again, looking at the example of the children of Israel brought out of Egypt, a type of bondage brought through the Red Sea, a type of salvation uh, d- uh, you know, brought right up to the border of, uh, uh, of, of where God had intended them to be, doubted God's plan, and began to look back and say, wow, Egypt had so much more than what we have right here. We can't go forward, but we so... We might as well just go back and maybe they'll be merciful to us and take us back. Kept looking behind them. But both saved and unsaved, they still, if you're not careful, you have a tendency to, to look over your shoulder at the, uh, at the past, bound by the quotations of what if. What if this had been different? What if that had been different? If only I had done this different, only if I had responded in, such, in this way, if only I would have done this, my life would be completely different than the way it is right now. Living a life now of regret because of something in the past. Of something in the past. You will never move forward as long as you are looking behind. You will never move forward as long as you are looking behind. Again, just ask that generation of, of Israel that died in the wilderness, never able to enter into what God had in store for them. These were God's chosen people bound by Yes, you can be a Christian and be bound. Amen. We, 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 we touched on that just a little bit this morning. Yes, you can be saved and still looking behind. Not because God isn't able. That's not at all. Because you will not allow him will. Your will will not allow him to take you forward. First off here this morning, let's look at uh, the, what the past prevents. Let's, let's see what it prevents. Let's see how the past hinders you. That old, that, old, uh, that old adage, that old expression, quit living in the past. You know, it's interesting that some people are just so stuck on the past. I, I've used this analogy before, but you hear, you know, stories of, 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 of football players in high school who got hurt or, or quit or, or something came up to where they weren't able to, to move on in, into, into what, they, what they, in their mind, assumed would have been. You know, perhaps they had some talent or maybe a little bit of talent, maybe no talent, but in their mind, if they wouldn't have quit, if they wouldn't have been, if they wouldn't have been held back, they could have just, they could have, they could have, they could have been that guy. My whole life would have been changed if, 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 if that wouldn't have happened. I mean, I, 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 know, uh, I, I know some other, some other people outside of the church here that, that, have, that, that have that story. Yeah, I, I used to do, you know, if, if I would have been this way, my life would have been changed. Let 
Anything that keeps you from wishing you could go back in time and change that moment is keeping you from moving forward. If I had only done this differently, my whole life would, have, would be different than what it is today. The children of Israel, they cried out to Moses saying, we would have had, we, 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 we had water, we had food, we had everything in the land of Egypt. Sure, our, the, the, the work was a little bit labor intensive. Sure, the living conditions weren't the greatest, but at least we weren't out here starving, looking to the past. The past kept preventing them from moving forward. Kept preventing them from moving forward. Instead, they were of the mindset of, well, Moses, you just brought us out here to die. They were bound by things of the past and they couldn't see the promise of the future. They couldn't see the promise of the future that was right in front of them. Living a life that is a life of regret. All you see everywhere is, everywhere you go is what could have been. One thing about living in the past is, you know, nothing changes. Nothing changes. You just keep reliving over the same thing every time. It never changes. It's always the same. When we worry about what is already past as a, as a Christian, when you worry about all, what's already past, you, you put in jeopardy or you get out of fellowship with God. Because we don't serve a God of the past. God is always future, about saving you where you are right now, transforming your life, forgiving and forgetting your sins, forgetting and removing and, and changing you and, and molding you and shaping you, what he has in store for you. I mean, the Bible says that, that when, we, when, we, when we ask him for forgiveness and when we confess our sins, the Bible says that, that he forgives and he forgets, paraphrasing. You know, as far as the East is from the West, he's unable to, he's unable to remember. So then why, the problem is, is that we, we, we don't. <laughs> you know, in our finite minds, we're, we, we remember. But he says we need to move on from that. There's a time to move on. It'll only leave you living a life of regret and defeat. Now, Kim, now keep in mind, I'm, I'm mainly referring to the negative aspects of looking at the past. There's so many positive elements uh, uh, of the past. I mean, I can, I can look back at the moment that I got saved, amen. You know, things like that that I look back that I've set up as memorial markers in my life of, of times that, that God has moved in my life. When he saved me, when he filled me with his Holy Spirit, you know, when he brought me through the different trials and different, different things in my life, I, I can look back at those, those positive elements of the past and they help me to keep moving forward. Lord. But when you dwell on the negative, but see, the, 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 it, the, the problem we have is so many times, we are, the, whether it's our makeup or our tendency, but our tendency is never to look inherently on the good, but always on the negative. It's so, it's so much easier to, to bring somebody down than to lift somebody up because that's just, that's, it, that's, our, that's our fallen nature. You know, I can, I can, I can stand up on this, uh, on this platform up here and it's easy for you to pull me down, but it's hard for me to take you and lift you up to where I'm at. That's why we have to work at it. It's easy to, 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 to go negative, but it's hard to work at it being positive. Looking at the, the, the benefits, the blessings of what God has, has brought us through. The victories the Lord has brought us through. Amen. 
living in the past can hold you back, as we said, from what God has in store for you. Another element, as we've been saying here, is the war of, a, of the mind is a vicious battleground that has held many captive. 2 Timothy 2, chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't have to live in that, that battleground. We don't have to live in, in that, that past. We don't have to live in the confines of the, of the past, whether it's, as we said, it's past mistakes or, or failures in life. Through the power of Christ, as, the, as we read, we can press forward. We can move forward. We are able to. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Behold, therefore, if any man, sorry, if, there, if every man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things. Not some things. Not just a portion of your life. Not just this. You know, it might not, the, your, your past isn't going to go away. The memory of your past isn't going to go away. But the sting of it will. Amen, because he's able to go in there and move you forward and show you that, you know, there is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The past can prevent you from moving forward. Secondly, here this morning, the present, where we're at right now, we've, we've looked at our past, let's, let's speed it up here, let's, our present it, it has problems. It sure does. To quote uh, a, a writer or an author that I, that I have read after, his name's Robert Murray. He said, suffering or affliction brings out graces that can only be seen in time of health. It is uh, the treading of the grapes that bring out the sweet juices of the vine. So it is affliction that draws forth submission Weanedness from the world and a complete rest in God. Use afflictions while you have them. Oh my. What, what truth, what, what insight that we, that, that we can glean from that. You know, allowing the, the, the problems and the pressures and the things that we are going through, the things that we face right now to, to, to wean me from the things of the world, to draw me closer to Him, to, to bring me more into submission before Him. God will allow you to go through whatever he has to in order to bring you into the place where he wants you. He just will. He's God. He will do it. He can do it. No matter whether you, whether you like it or not, God can and he will. He has a love for you that you, can't, you yourself can't even comprehend. Even, in our, even, even, even gratefulness you know, and saved and how God is, what he has done in my life until I stand before him, I don't know that I can still fully comprehend the kind of love that he has for me and what he's willing to take me through in order to get me where I need to be. He'll take you through whatever he has to. Well, some, I forget who said it, but there, he said there's a, there's a knot hole for everyone if you can stand the pull. Or, you know, a knot, and God will pull you through it if you can stand it. When you get to the other side, I'll have you right where he wants you. 
Amen. Christ didn't go to the cross to bear your guilt, your shame, all your sins just to give up on you now. He didn't endure everything that he went through, the whippings, the beatings, the scourging, the, the thorns. He didn't go through all of that just so that, so that you could sit there and say, well, I don't, I don't think so. No, he went through it. You're going through it too. You know, he's gonna, he, he did it for you. He's not just going to give up on you because you don't want to. He's going to do everything he can to bring you through the problems. Problems say a lot about us, our character, our strengths, our weaknesses. Problems, <laughs> problems have a big mouth. They tell a lot about us. They sure do. <laughs> uh, amen. Sometimes problems reveal our weakness and show us where we need help. Again, whether you want to voice it or not, problems show us that we need help. You may not ask for it, you may not want it, but because of what you're going through, it shows me you need help. That you need help. Hebrews chapter 11, a, a very, an infamous portion of Scripture, often been termed the, the roll call or the heroes of faith or, or, or however you want to, whatever little uh, nickname you want to uh, attach to it when you read it. But, but when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you keep coming across the, faith, or the, the, the phrase, by faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Noah. But it was by faith, by faith, by faith called the faith chapter. But what if we had a chapter in the Bible describing those who faltered and failed in times of crisis? Perhaps it would read something like this. By unbelief, Cain slew his brother Abel, for he was jealous and driven by anger. By unbelief, Pharaoh, seeing the multiplying children of Israel, enslaved them for fear that they would become more numerous than the Egyptians. By unbelief, the children of Israel panicked in the desert, forgetting that God, the God who parted the sea, could send forth rivers in the desert. By unbelief, Demas abandoned Paul, for he loved the present, this present world too much. It's by faith. It's by faith that we're able to move forward. It's by unbelief that we are bound in the past. It's by unbelief that we are held back. It takes faith to follow Christ. It takes unbelief to fall away. Amongst the numerous cancers in the church today, if God isn't going to move forward, then the mentality is, well, then I'll just, I'll just make it happen on my own. I'll just do it myself. Instead of trusting in God's plan, you see, that's an unbelief. You default to the past. The devil can catch you, but just for a moment, just, just for a moment, with a glimpse towards the past, you will always make an Egypt seem not quite so bad. Oh, that, that wasn't so terrible, was it? You're right, you did have water. You're right, you did have food. It wasn't so bad. Sure, you got a few whippings here every now and then, but really in the end, it wasn't so bad. 
when we approach any problems from a perspective of unbelief, we are most definitely unable to resolve them successfully. If you could step out of your own your own body or or your own skin, but just for for a mu- uh, for a few moments and and just step back and and look at yourself from a distance, what would you see? If you were to just step back out of where you're at right now, just step back a, a few yards away and just be able to stand there and stare at yourself, what would you what would you see? Would your problems reveal weakness? You see, the interesting thing is, though, God has given you the ability to step back and, and look at yourself. He has. He's given you the ability to step back and see yourself. The issue is oftentimes it's through the, through the eyes of another person. It's through the eyes of, uh, of another, but some people just won't listen. Because physically, yes, I can't, but, but I can live my life and somebody else can be watching me. And, and God can enable them to see different areas and different aspects of my life that, that I may be aware of and refuse to address or unaware of, but God will use that person to give me insight to my life. If you're willing to listen to them. God places people in your lives. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. He didn't say that that a nice, as my kids would call him, plush pillow, sharpeneth a nice plush pillow. No, he said that iron sharpeneth iron. In other words, there's friction. There can be heat. There can be some shavings that come off. There can be some temperament that has to be uh, adjusted. You know, there, there, there's so many different facets. You're willing to listen. That is why, that is why the Apostle Paul wrote that God gave some pastors, some teachers, some preachers, and if I may insert other godly men and women who he chooses to use to reveal those different perspectives to you. That's why we come to the house of God. That's why we have a pastor. That's why we go to counseling and do all that stuff because it's, it's allowing, it's going, you go to counseling so that somebody else can, from an outside perspective, tell you what you need to do because you yourself, sometimes it's hard to see it. Amen. You see, the present has problems. The present has problems, but praise God, thirdly here this morning, our future has a promise. The future has promise. Again, jumping back to our opening text here in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. No matter where we are at in life, whether we are lost, confused, struggling, Christ has always given us a solution. I mean, there, he has a solution. Contrary to, uh, or not contrary, but um, not my favorite song out there, but the, the title is very, is very accurate. He's a, he's a way maker. No matter what we find, no matter what situation we find ourselves in life, as we said, lost, confused, struggling, wherever we're at, he's, he's made a way for you and I. He says, though your skin, sins be one way, he says, I'll take it and make it another way. He gives you the solution right there. He says, though they be scarlet, 
I'll make him white as snow. See, that's what a life in Christ will do for you. He gives you a solution. He gives you a promise. He says, they shall be white as snow. That's not an if, hope so, maybe so, think so, want. He said, they shall be. The future has a promise. Amen. He says, uh, uh, though your, your problems or your struggles be one way, he said, I'll take them away and make them another way. He gives a solution. For those who are lost without Christ, he offers salvation. Amen. You see, the future has a promise. God came to seek and to save, to take you from where you are at and to, and to give you salvation, to give you hope, to give you a promise. Amen. If we had no problems, we'd have no opportunity to trust God with the hardships of life. If we had no problems, we'd have no opportunity to trust God with the hardships of life. We'd have no occasion to, to flex those spiritual muscles, if you will. We wouldn't need to develop a positive attitude because we wouldn't be challenged with the negatives. Without problems, we wouldn't be driven to prayer as incessantly as we are. We wouldn't be pressed into a life of faith. Without problems, we'd never learn how to cast our cares upon the Lord and see how he cares for us. You see, the problem isn't the problem. The problem is you and I sometimes, most oftentimes. It's without the problem that we don't learn that I can cast my care upon him and just see how much he cares for you. Amen. No matter what, there will always be a purpose in the problems if you allow God to reveal them to you. There's always a purpose for the things that we go through. But living in the past, the, the present has problems, but, 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 but the future, amen, it has a promise. He's given us a promise. When it comes down to it, your problems reveal your spiritual condition. Again, as we said, they reveal its problems. They have a big mouth. They reveal your spiritual condition. They help you see yourself more, more clearly. But they also show you how to grow in faith and in perseverance. Rather than saying, as we often do, why me? Why me? Perhaps our, if our perspective was different, we would be saying, Lord, what now? Instead of why me, Lord, what now? What is God going to do? What does he expect of me? You see, the life of faith finds its way through the problems by perseverance ending in praise. When you come out of it, you reach like Paul and Silas, they praise their way through that jail cell and the doors came wide, swinging wide open. Hallelujah. In closing here this morning, Hannah, as you'd get ready to come to the piano, the, Ho the Holy Spirit has a way of turning our problems into praise. He sure does. But it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of that attitude. It's, it's a matter of, of going by faith and allowing Him 
to bring us through them or allowing somebody else to come in. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend won't tell you everything you want to hear. They'll tell you everything that you need to hear. Otherwise, they're not a true friend to you. If I'm going to come up and just tell you, oh, you're doing a good job all the time, when really you're not, I'm not a friend to you. That's why the Bible, that's what, he, what it means when he says, of a friend. I'm not here to cut you down. I'm not here to stab you and make you hurt. I'm here to help you. Sometimes it does hurt. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to move and work, he can turn that problem, that situation into praise. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 30 tells us, says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, you'll find rest for your soul. The past leaves your sleeve, uh, hanging out in the past and, and dwelling in the problems, just it leaves your soul in so much turmoil, so much heartache, so much confusion, so much stress. He says, you'll find rest for your soul. But he says, you have to first take his yoke. He says, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, if you're lost, he said, come unto me. If you're saved and are heavy laden, he says, come unto me. And I will give you rest. All throughout scripture, from the beginning to the end, Christ offers a future with a promise. He's not full of empty promises and make-believe wishes and dreams that'll never come true. I've, he's not like that. He says, come to me. Let me wrap myself around you. Let me bring peace to your soul, the turmoil, the heartache, the hardship that you've been facing, the things you've been going through. He said, give them to me and I'll, I'll take that for you. He said, I'll take it and you take my burden for its light. It's easier. I'll take yours. I'll carry it. I went to a cross just so I could do that for you. He offers a future with a promise. Don't let the past or the present keep you bound. We looked at our past. It was full of problems and, well, that didn't work. We looked at our present and well, it's still full of problems. Things still aren't working. But we looked unto Jesus, as the Bible says, the author and the finisher of our faith. When we look unto him, we can find a solution. We can find a future where there was none. Without Christ, where was your future? Where were you headed without Christ? Before salvation, where were you headed? And when you accepted Christ, 
a whole new redirection on your GPS, a whole new route that never existed before popped up on the screen. And now you have a purpose. Now you have focus and direction. He's taking you to a destination, a future with a promise. If we could, let's stand here this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you are. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you, Father, that no matter where we find ourselves at in life, Lord, whether, whether we're lost, Lord, whether we, if we haven't accepted you as Lord and Savior, or Lord, Lord whether, or we have, and Lord, we're, 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 we're still trying to move forward, but we can't because we still have our past that we're contending with. Lord, you went to the cross. You conquered death, hell, and the grave so that, Lord, we wouldn't have to be bound. But, Lord, that we could live a life of freedom in you. You did all that so that you could give us a, an inheritance, a promise, a goal, a direction. We don't have to be bound by chains of our past, but Lord, we can be set free, loosed free to live our life in you and Lord, to allow you to live your life through us. Thank you for your word here today. If there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, perhaps an idea but has never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'd love to invite you to come forward. Experience the, the saving, set-free life that Christ has for you and I. He can give you a future with a promise. If there's somebody here that's You've given your life to Christ. You've, you've, you've been in church a good while, even here. And you're saying, I'm just struggling to move forward. Every time I try to move forward, it seems like I take two steps backwards. Just never able to get to where I need to be. Never able to reach that, that destination. I'd like to invite you to come here this morning. He says, take my yoke. I'll take yours. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'll give you a, a future with a promise. If nobody else, then, if we could, let's just take a few moments here this morning. Let's find a place to pray.